All right, all right. NBA Quick Pod is locked and loaded for Friday, November the 11th. Happy Veterans Day to everybody out there. Mackenzie Rivers is in the house. I'm your host, Sleepy J. Today, I've gone through the NBA card for Friday, and now I have to go ahead and try to convince Mackenzie of my strongest handicap. Mackenzie will go ahead. He'll grade my plays on a scale of 1 to 10, and he'll pick the one that he likes best. I'll go ahead. I'll give you guys a side, a total, and a player prop. Matt, quick lifestyle question for you. Waikiki or the rest of the island? You know, I'm young, still at 32, about to be 33. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Waikiki. And they got clubs over there. They got them honeys. You know, they got them shorties. They got them other derogatory terms for women. You know, it's just where I want to be. Waikiki, baby. My father always told me don't ever go to Hawaii because it was insanely expensive. So I've never been there. So I'll go ahead and I'll take your... Uh... I'll take your recommendation. I'll make sure I go ahead and do some cat calls while I'm there if I ever get there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let me go ahead. Let me start out with my side pick here, McKenzie. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the San Antonio Spurs there, minus the one and a half Spurs. uh, On a nice little losing streak right now, but the Bucs still be without Giannis and Drew Holiday tonight. We like betting teams uh, at times when stars are out because, you know, those teams just step up. They play at a much higher level, but the Bucs are off a win win that situation and it was against the team i guess we could say a below average team in the thunder i think the line movement is correct here for this game the bucks opened as a small favorite and now it's swung to the spurs being favored i think the spurs should be favored in this game and with them being at home with the better all-around team it's hard for me not to go ahead and take them here so it's a pretty simple handicap i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna play the spurs minus the one and a half i think they're the better team at home in a bounce back spot that's where i'm at spurs minus one and a half Quick question for you. Do you think the Bucks still have the same energy without Giannis that they did a couple of years ago? What I mean by that is, uh, do you think they get boosted up like here's a chance to shine? Or, uh, you know, do you think it's more load management where they're just thinking about the 82-game season in the playoffs? Not with this team. If Drew Holiday was out there and Middleton was out there, yes. Right. Because those guys are looking for that. I think those guys could actually produce that. But if you go back to the last game, it's not like it was this. Uh, it's not like that. It was this uh, crazy effort from these guys to go ahead and get the win in the last game against that team. So um, I think I think you would need Drew Holiday and Middleton out there to to kind of end up, you know, answering that question for you. Solid handicap. I think this is one of those games where the name on the jersey is kind of misleading as far as the talent level and performance level we can expect from each team. I think you're identifying that. I'm gonna give you a solid. 7.7 on that handicap. All right, good stuff on that one. I'll stamp that one, 7.7. Uh, for my total here, McKenzie, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take OKC team total over 27.5 in the first quarter. You guys go ahead. You can get that on FanDuel. Now, we talked a few days ago about the pace in which the Raptors are kind of switching it up to now. Uh, it is a little bit of a faster pace, OKC. Uh, I think they're a good scoring first quarter team. They've scored 27 or more first quarter points in seven straight games. Now the Raptors first quarter defense, it has allowed 28 points or more in seven straight games as well. So I have a nice trend on both ends here. I get OKC here at home. The Raptors might not really think too much about this Thunder team. And if I could get SGA on the floor for the entire first quarter, I really like that. I think that that's really all I need to know for this wager. I got good trends. I have some things that have been switched up with these teams. SGA first quarter, I think we're going to end up getting over to 27 and a half years. So that's my total play there, McKenzie. OKC team total over 27 and a half first quarter. Only thing that worries me about that is Nick Nurse, heck of a coach. I wonder if he's aware or hyper aware of his first quarter bad defensive stats and if he's going to find a way to correct that. 
I'm gonna get, I'm gonna stamp that as a seven point four handicap. All right, seven point four, and I can't argue against your point there. You know, when you do see something that's trending, we're seeing it now, so we're saying, hey, let's do this. There, there's always sometimes an opposite effect on the floor. Here's something that I think that will have a little bit of an effect on the floor tonight, and it's going to involve my player prop. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna play Andrew Wiggins over 17 and a half points. Look, this is a total hunch play here. Can Wiggins go over this number on any given day? Yes, I believe he certainly can, but Kerr has to do something to get this defense and this bench scoring to just play so much better. Well, he's not getting it with the guys that are out there currently, so I think we see a shift from Clay with the second unit to Wiggins, or maybe there is a possibility that he could stick both of those guys out there. One way or the other, Kerr has to switch up the bench lineup for tonight, and it needs to stay changed probably maybe even permanently. I, I seriously believe Curry can go out there. He can handle the load, you know, without Clay or Wiggins for, you know, four, five, six minutes a quarter if he needs to. But something needs to change. The Warriors cannot go out there and let their first unit go out there and play really well. Then the bench guys come out. Their defense looks terrible. They can't freaking score. Something has to change. And I'm just taking a hunch pick here, McKenzie, thinking that it's going to come tonight. Because Clay looks like, in my opinion, that he's still a little step slower and that his defense isn't up to par. And if you can get Wiggins out there on defense and offense, I think not only is he going to eat with the starters, but he certainly will eat with this bench scoring team. And it's not like Jordan Poole's going out there lighting up the world right now. So I see Wiggins getting switched around here, getting plenty of buckets up tonight. 17 and a half, I think that's perfectly fine, but I think the switch comes tonight. So I'm playing Wiggins over his 17 and a half points. This is a really nice handicap. You're identifying several things that I want to unpack here real quick. There's a lot of opportunity with the Warriors because you're talking about it. The Warriors are talking about it. The GM, Bob Myers, is talking about it. The head coach, Steve Kerr, is talking about it. Something does have to change. And James Wiseman and uh, Moses Moody and the NBA G League were recently put in the same sentence by NBA Warriors brass. So that's got to that's gotta light some fires. And I think they're not going to play Wiseman much this game. I think they're not going to play Moody much this game. So there's going to be a lot of extra minutes to go around. I don't think it can all go to Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb, and these veteran G League players. I think they got to probably play some of their vets more, and that's not Thompson. He definitely fouled uh, Kevin Herter at the end of the Kings game. He was a step slow. He definitely fouled him. That should have been called. Should have gone to overtime. And Draymond Green hasn't been there this year. He looks like he's in another world where maybe he wants to get traded or out of there. But he doesn't seem locked in the way we usually see him. So I think a lot falls on Andrew Wiggins and Steph Curry's shoulders. Curry offensively, Wiggins defensively. I like this pick. I think he plays more minutes tonight than usual with the rotation changes. I'm going to stamp this as a 7.8, and I'm going to buy it as my selection. All right, so McKenzie going to go ahead and buy my Andrew Wiggins prop. Uh, I like what you said there, though, about Lamb and Moody. At some point, McKenzie, like those guys have an opportunity, right, to go ahead and step up. Well, step up, and if you can't do the job, well, then we have to come up with some type of a fix. And now that everything's kind of, I, I guess, it's you know, the cream is rise to the top with everybody having their opinions and saying, like, look, something needs to go, something needs to change here. I can certainly see Wiggins going ahead and playing with this bench. And he's, he just played like 40 minutes in the last game. And it's not like he's out there with the bench guys. Like, that doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that that's really where the problem lies, you know, with this Warriors team. So I like it. So McKenzie going to go ahead and buy that pick for a suggested player prop today. Andrew Wiggins over 17 and a half. Uh, good pick there last night there, Mac. You had Luca under, and I'm sitting there at halftime looking 
like seven points, eight points. I'm like, mm, baby. I'm like, as long as he doesn't have one of those 19-point quarters, we should be good. So, solid pick by you. Another winner. What's the hot topic for today? You're the man with the plan with that one. And as much as I would like to discuss my winner from yesterday in great detail, I do want to bring up one thing that's not necessarily just pat myself on the back. Someone tweeted me that they tiered that pick where they got plus 250 under 30 and plus 300 under 28 or whatever the exact numbers were. That's a strategy that I I did a couple times last year. I wish I did it more because if you can pick a guy that's not going to score his 35, sometimes he's not even going to get 25 and you can get paid instead of, you know, even money three, four, five to one in certain cases. I remember Trey Young in the playoffs was just getting completely eliminated and I made a couple of profitable bets using that strategy. All right, enough pat myself on the back. My hot topic today, I'm going to pose as a question. I'm going to issue a little humility here because I don't have the answer to this, but it's definitely something that has my ears perked up. So the Portland Trailblazers, the last seven years, have been these two things consistently. They've been really bad defensively, and they've been really bad before the calendar turns to January 1st. So here are the numbers for you. 2022-2023, this year, I'm going to skip, and let's go backwards in time. Last year, they were the 29th defense. Year before that, they were the 29th defense. Year before that, they were the 27th defense. So This is a team that, with Dame Lillard as their best player, just hasn't been able, I mean, he's not great defensively, so he's part of it for sure hasn't been able to surround him with the unit that makes sense on both sides of the wall. This year, they're seventh. Very, very uh, surprising. And they're also ten, nine and three. Also very, very surprising. Chauncey Billups, second year coach, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons coming into his own. There's a lot of reasons why this might be, might be sustainable, but I'm skeptical because 29, five years in a row, now they're seventh. And the other thing that's very consistent about this Blazers team, at least it has been historically, is they start off the season very slow, very slow. From 2016 to 2021-22, not including this year, almost 200 games in October, November, December, the Blazers have covered 42% against the spread. The most consistent slow starter in the league. And one of those years, they made the Western Conference Finals. So it's not like they've been bad every year. They've just started out really slow. Well, this year, they're 9-3 and three straight up, and they're 10-2 and two ATS including an upset win over the Suns early in the season. So yeah, I got to take notice. I've upgraded them in my power ratings, but maybe not enough considering how well they're playing. I don't have the answer to this one, but I'll kick it over to you. What do you think of this Blazers team to start the season? Have they turned over a new leaf in this franchise? They certainly turned over a new leaf. It's you know rather impressive. I'm not sure that many people saw this team you know, coming out and playing this way, but sometimes I think, Mac, it's just there's a couple pieces to the puzzle. And sometimes they just don't necessarily fit. Um, you take a look at this team right now, and they have some pieces that I think are fitting together really well. And I think it all starts with the head coach and Chauncey Billups. You got Terry Stotts out of there. I think that that was a big upgrade, especially defensively. You replace a guy like a Covington. You replace a guy like McCollum. And you bring in a guy like Jeremy Grant. You bring in a guy like Josh Hart, defensive guys that could still go out there and get you buckets if you need to. It seems like it was a complete identity change from what the Blazers were to what they are now. Can they keep this up? I believe that they certainly can. And I think we're actually seeing that play out right now. This team is much improved on both sides of the ball, and it's not like they're just relying on one thing. And I think that that's something that the Blazers had done you know, over the last five, six, seven years. Rely on Dane Miller to go out there and just be this immaculate scorer each and every game, and it's caught up with him because the injuries started to catch up. So 
Now it, it's not all on Dame. Get out there and do some defensive stuff. Get a defensive coach in there. Change their change their total approach, and it looks like it's working really well right now. Remember, Chauncey Billups was part of the best defense I think I've ever seen, at least relative to competition. The 2003-2004 Pistons holding teams to 60. They changed the, changed the rules because of how good that defensive team was. So, yeah, I'm optimistic that they're going to be able to keep it up, but it's just been so stark how much better they are. 10-2 and two ATS when they're usually 42% to start the season. Yeah, I'll tell you this much. They're over 37 wins. Looks pretty good right now. I wish I was on that train. But, um, hey, there's still more money to be made because I'm not sure if the market has caught up. They were eight-point dogs without Dame yesterday. Ended up winning by 10 at New Orleans. So, good job by them. We monitor them closely and hopefully make some money on them in the near future. All right. Well, hopefully we'll go. We'll make some more money on this podcast and hopefully we'll cash in. Uh, on our player prop pick that McKenzie went ahead and suggested for today. Uh, that'll wrap up the quick podcast. Make sure you guys go ahead and check out McKenzie and I's podcast tonight. That'll be on the RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast channel. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Mac and Rivers at SleepyJ underscore pregame. You guys could always get me and McKenzie at the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Friday. Enjoy the games.